Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. This is Florence Brubber. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999 in Phoenix, Arizona. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. I do not have the magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living your best life and enjoying your work and enjoying your time off. This podcast will discuss an easy Thanksgiving and contain a review of the book Overwhelmed and a forecast for this season's The Walking Dead. Thank you for joining me. I have been full force thinking about Thanksgiving this week. All of a sudden, it has crept up on me, and it does every year. I can't act like it's a brand new thing, but um, I'm sure everyone has the same sort of feeling that I have, which is you get rid of summer, the heat's starting to go away, and it's Halloween, and you're excited about Halloween, and you're prepping for Halloween, and like a flash, Halloween is over. And then the next big thing is Thanksgiving before you hit Christmas and the other holidays. Well, after Halloween, it's just been nonstop. I've been nonstop in court, and I host Thanksgiving every year. Luckily, I host for just my family, which every year gets bigger and bigger. And I think we're probably about 14 people right now which is pretty big, not the biggest in the world. I'm not hosting a Thanksgiving for 60 people, thank goodness, but it's still big enough. So in the last week, and especially this weekend, I've had some time to think about Thanksgiving and wanted to share some tips that I was hoping could help my listeners. First of all, there are a million Thanksgiving checklists you can look at. You can look at ones that are more complicated. You can look at ones that are very simple. Uh, You can look at recipes that are more complicated. You can look at recipes that are more simple. Maybe one day in my life, I will have a, a situation where I can just spend two weeks prepping vegetables, baking pie crusts, all of that. I don't right now. So everything has to be very, very easy for me. And I started with, um, for my checklist, I started with looking at um, Martha Stewart's Thanksgiving checklist. And I read Martha Stewart magazine and I read other magazines that every year have ton of Thanksgiving recipes and tips. I always love to look at the Thanksgiving recipes, but for the most part, my menu remains the same. And I rely quite a bit on um, things that are pre-made. And I rely on help from family, too, because now I have my brothers here, and uh, my mom is here, and my sister-in-law is here, and I, I ask them to give a hand. So remember, you don't have to be the hero, even if you're hosting, you can always ask for help. In her, in, in Martha Stewart's Thanksgiving checklist, and I, 
I always have this vision of me living like Martha Stewart or Joanna Gaines, where I'm just cooking all day or organizing a flower arrangement. This is so, people who know me, this is so not really me, but in my mind, it's me. And I looked at Martha's checklist and and I know how Martha is doing her checklist where she's going to be doing things homemade and things are going to be very, very planned out and beautiful. I found her checklist to be pretty helpful, but for the Thanksgiving, the way that I do it. Um, number one on Martha's list, and she pretty much does things day by day, starting with November 1st, which I think for the future is really the smart way to do it, which as soon as Halloween is over, start looking at Thanksgiving. Sometimes Thanksgiving is super early. You have it like on the 21st or the 22nd. And then sometimes you have it, you know, it's like the 28th and you have the whole month. But no matter what, I think looking at it starting after Halloween is a good idea. Did I do this? No. I'll tell you when I started doing this, I started doing it this weekend. And part of it was by happenstance, because this is Veterans Day weekend. And this year, Veterans Day falls on a Sunday, which means that Monday is a federal holiday. I think I've told my listeners this before, there are some federal holidays that, for the most part, I'm working. But if there's, I won't have court. So that's the good news. Um, and then over the years, I've tried to the greatest extent possible to not have meetings on those days. In the past, I left it open as a meeting day. And clients liked it quite a bit. You know, if we were looking at a meeting that was one or two weeks out, and I said, hey, I'm going to be coming into the office on Veterans Day, they would say, great, I'm off that day. What really happens as the day gets closer is that people don't want to think about their divorce or their will. And for the greatest, even my most reliable clients, a lot of them would be no-shows or would call and cancel because suddenly they found themselves with a three-day weekend. And who wants to spend Monday morning of a three-day weekend meeting with their attorney. Then, you know, a lot of people's kids are off of school, or if you have kids, your kids are off of school. So your kids are home, and then you have to worry about what to do with the kids and all of that. So it just is not a day to do meetings. But I do find it a day for catch-up and a weekend for catch-up. And luckily, because it was a three-day weekend, Friday was quiet too. I think a lot of people were skipping, skipping town. So for... Martha's uh, to-do list, she said, start planning your Thanksgiving menu November 1st. Mine was November 10th. It was a full 10 days into the month. I know I'm a week and a half from Thanksgiving. It's not ideal, but it gave me some time this weekend to think about it. Um, In Martha's checklist, she talks about a Friendsgiving. I think that sounds like a lovely idea. For now, it's not something I'm going to be able to skip in so or fit in. So for November 2nd, checklist, I've already checked it off. I'm not having a Friendsgiving. 
Martha also suggests on November 3rd that you clear out your freezer. What I start doing around mid-November is not doing my regular shopping so much. So I might have usually my fridge filled with, you know, the regular stuff you use during the week. I, I pretty much make very similar meals every week. So I might have leftovers in the fridge and I might have the produce that I use regularly for about the week before or two weeks before I don't do my regular shopping and it just kind of cleans out the fridge and forces you to be creative because you're going through what you already have. Um, Martha's tip for November 4th is stock your bar and order wine. I don't know if everyone's like me. I feel like throughout the year, I'm given gifts of wine. Sometimes I win wine uh, at a raffle at a conference that I'm at. And I'll have some wine. So instead of ordering what I need, I look through what I need and see what I have and see what I can use for Thanksgiving. The people in my family aren't really big drinkers. So if we're opening a bottle or two, that's a lot. So that part's easy for me. So there might be people who need to more stock the bar and, and order wine. I love BevMo as a place to get drinks. They have super fun beers, super fun vodkas, great wines, great prices. Uh, I also really like just a regular grocery store. If you look at your prices on grocery store wines, you might see like, for instance, around the holidays, maybe a $20 bottle of Prosecco. And the grocery store will have a sale and then maybe extra money if you buy six. And then all of a sudden you're buying a $20 bottle for $6. So I encourage people to look at your grocery store as well. Martha's tip for November 5th is decide what you're baking this Thanksgiving and to make and freeze your pie dough. Guess what? I'm not baking a thing. <laughs> I don't have time. There are too many great baked options out there and dessert options. Usually I end up not being able to choose and just end up with a, a million different desserts. I like to try to get desserts from fun places. A lot of times the grocery store has great stuff, that's fine. But if you can bring in a dessert from something maybe that's a little bit more of a specialty, everyone really, really seems to like that. I'll tell you the biggest tip for pumpkin pie, and I think everybody probably knows it, is um, Costco. $6 for the biggest pumpkin pie you've ever seen in your life, and it is by far the best pumpkin pie that I've had at any sort of grocery store or warehouse store. And um, then I make, like, try to pick up something from like the Cheesecake Factory, like go to the Cheesecake Factory and pick out one of their amazing cheesecakes. It's a little more on the expensive side, maybe $35, but everyone really, really likes it. And usually by the time you get to dessert, people are pretty full. So it's not like everyone's devouring a whole cheesecake. A lot of people are splitting pieces and stuff by then. Um, I'm going to skip through some of her things. Um, but if you just go online and Google Martha Stewart Thanksgiving checklist, it'll come up. Some other things that she does from, you know, from about the 6th 
to the 10th is more like organizing your pantry, making sure you have enough chairs, table space, that sort of thing. November 11th and 12th, she concentrates on buying non-perishables, cleaning supplies, paper goods, and making sure that you have the cookware that you need. This one's a pretty easy one. I think I'm always kind of mentally doing that anyways. And it's around this time of year that the grocery stores are going to have everything on sale. Everybody always wants um, me to make green bean casserole. A easiest thing in the world three ingredients and you just bake it and it is a family favorite so getting the green beans and the cream and mushroom soup um, and the french onions you just have it ready and it's ready to go all right on november 13th martha plans her thanksgiving tablescape and in on her website she has this beautiful white tablecloth with these light lilac glasses, little gold pumpkins, and little white pumpkins. It is the prettiest thing you've ever seen. I love these colors for Thanksgiving, and I wouldn't have thought of them. It sort of doesn't make sense. Like you think it's going to be burnt orange and brown, and these colors look very Thanksgiving, but not Thanksgiving. Am I doing something like that? No, 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 not at all. I have a few little Thanksgiving decorations that I'll put out. Um, but for the most part, I get um, I get tablecloths that can just be um, drawn on. And the um, they're the ones that like kids can color on and it'll have like a turkey for coloring and then we'll put out a box of crayons. And it was probably more fun for everyone when the kids were littler. I don't really have any little kids at home right now. But a lot of the adults like to just pick up crayons and color while we're sitting and talking in the kitchen. And when it's done, I just ball it up and throw it away. And I don't have to worry about washing anything. I don't have to worry about it getting ruined. If it gets ripped, I don't care. This year, I um, found some online at Target. So I ordered those along with some paper placemats that had, um, these were more for kids, but it just, they seemed cute and fun to me. They had some games on them and they also had a little thing you could write about what you were thankful for. November 14th, um, Martha suggests stocking up on containers for leftovers. This is a tip I've given over the years is that I always have containers for leftovers um, that I buy usually through um, a restaurant supply store or go on at Amazon and buy what I need. It'll be bigger containers, smaller containers. Sometimes you can get them regular ones at your grocery store. There's this, these little soup cups that I like that have tops. Um, that I just get at my grocery store. I get little tiny sauce cups. Like if you ever get a salad to go and, and you have, they put ranch in a cup, a little cup with a top. None of this costs any money. It's very inexpensive. And then when I pack up for Thanksgiving, I already have it. I don't have to worry about it. I've had it during the years, during the year. I'm always packing up leftovers for my adult kids who don't live at home or I'll bring my brother stuff to eat and um and I have these to go containers. 
Martha discussed November 15th, cleaning out your fridge to make space. Um, if you're not, if you cut back on shopping for the month of November, this takes care of itself. Here's something, two things that I don't do for November 16th and 17th. Martha talks about making place cards that when you have your final headcount, no place cards, no assigned seating. It's my family, so it's very informal. Uh, people sit where they want to sit. People sit on the couch and eat if they want to sit there. They'll sit on the stairs and eat if they want to eat there. And everything's served by buffet. So I don't have centerpieces. And the dishes that I use are generally going to be disposable. I recommend something hefty like a chinette since you're doing things like turkey and mashed potatoes, things that have some heft to them. November 17th, make your centerpiece. Most of the time I don't have a centerpiece, although sometimes when I'm feeling very festive, I'll go into the store and buy a very pretty um, floral centerpiece, usually Thanksgiving Day or the day before Thanksgiving. November 18th, Martha says get your produce. I think that's also a good time to um, figure out if you're, if you haven't figured out what you're going to make, it's time to get it ordered pronto. And there are a million choices on where you can order things. You can order a whole dinner at Whole Foods. You can order a whole dinner at Golden Corral. You can order a dinner shipped to you from Martha Stewart. It's nonstop on what you have for choices. I am a vegetarian, so I don't eat turkey or mate turkey, but I have people who are non-vegetarians so I want to have turkey for them. Who wants to go to someone's house and not have turkey when they're expecting turkey? The last couple of years, my sister-in-law has made the turkey. And this year, in other years, I've bought a uh, boneless turkey from Honey Baked Ham. It's a little bit more expensive than if you just bought one and cooked it. But everyone really, really enjoys it. And so that's my little splurge for my guests. And then if there's other things, you know, I hate peeling potatoes. So unless someone's going to make the mashed potatoes, I'll buy trays of them to heat up. Um, make sure I have my vegetables for relish trays. Make sure I have my olives for relish tray. This is the home stretch. November 19th, Martha says, prep the guest room if you need it. All my guests are in town, so I don't need to do that. But if you um, do... Uh, have guests from coming out of town, make sure that your guest room is ready if you have one. Or if you don't have a guest room, then you figure out where the people are going to stay, whether they're taking over your room or the sofa or kids' room, whatever. It's the same day that she says clean the house. I hate cleaning. It is my least favorite thing to do in the history of the world. I'm okay with tidying up. Real cleaning, I don't like to do. So um, my husband does a lot of it. I've hired people to do it before. If you need to hire someone to come in and clean your house, November 19th is way too late. You're never going to be able to get somebody in there to help. Um, so if you are going to hire a service, this is really, really the thing you need to do closer to November 1st to get them in prior. November 20th, Martha says, make your cranberry sauce. 
I made cranberry sauce for years. I enjoy fresh cranberry sauce. What I found was that the most, for the most part, people don't care. <laughs> that a lot of times people are fine with the canned cranberry sauce. So I'll buy the whole berry canned and I'll buy the gel can. The gel can actually seems to be more popular than the whole berry. And it, I think it's something not to stress about. If you do make it, it's actually not hard at all. Um, it's sugar and cranberries and water, and then you can mix in whatever your heart desires. November 21st is talking about defrosting your turkey. Again, I have someone else do it or I buy one. But if you um, are going to have a turkey, this is the biggest thing that I read about is that people go to, you know, stuff their turkey and it's still frozen. And then, of course, the last couple of days is just the really getting it together, making sure you have what you need and putting together your relish trays and any salad dressing, prepping vegetables, da-da-da. Um, grocery stores are going to be crowded. I find that if you go early in the morning or later at night, it's a little bit better than if you go at, you know, 5 o'clock right after work. So enjoy Thanksgiving. That's a couple of my tips. Um, also borrowing from Martha and tweaking. I don't know that I will ever be Martha Stewart. <laughs> Again, my fantasy is to to be like her in the kitchen and to have everything homemade, these great homemade side dishes. And I don't think I'll ever get there. Maybe, maybe one day. Stay tuned. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is a book that I've been reading over the last month, and this will just tell you how crazy it's been that I have not had time to read a book on being overwhelmed and what to do about it. So the book is called Overwhelmed, Work, Love, and Play When No One Has the Time, and the author is Brigitte Schulte, S-C-H-U-L-T-E. This book stressed me out while I was reading it. It talked about how stressed people are, how people don't have time for things, studies that are done to try to find out where people can have leisure. And sort of the takeaway from it is, is that you have to make sure you have time for leisure. And you have time to play and you have time to be with your family. Because if you don't make it a priority, it won't happen. There will always be that extra email, there will always be that extra report to do. It will never go away. There's always going to be that extra load of laundry. So some of the tips that she does is, um, and this one is, I think, is very critical, which is people watch a lot more TV than they realize that they watch. And I know I do it. I come home and make dinner, start to unwind for the night. I'd really rather read or 
maybe have a conversation. But by the time I get past all of that, my, I'm just burned out. So what is the easiest thing in the world to do? Put on TV, fall asleep to it, wake up, repeat. I will tell you that for the last month when I've been very busy, I couldn't even concentrate on newer shows. I did um, take some time and I watched The um, Haunting of Hill House, which again, I recommend greatly. I've had um, a couple of other family members watch it. They enjoyed it as much as I do did. And it's 10 episodes. Each episode is around an hour, a little bit shorter, a little bit longer on some of them. And it's so beautifully filmed. And it's a self-contained story. So I um, recommend it greatly. But beyond that, it's been a lot of just being so exhausted at night that I put on Family Guy, set the sleep timer on my TV, and I'm asleep within five minutes. I'm not watching anything. I'm not enjoying anything. So that was one thing the book said was monitor your, like really, really monitor your TV watching. And the other thing too is I think it's kind of hard because in a way there's, this is, there's so much good TV out there. There's so many good shows on Amazon. There's so many good shows on Netflix that, wow, I mean, all these talented people coming up with things. But if you limit your TV watching, you do have more time. So you have some built-in leisure time there. Some other tips that she came up with, sort of the takeaway for finding time towards the end of the book and I recommend the book. It's about 300 pages. And throughout it, it has just many, many things to be mindful for when you are so overwhelmed with your work life and your family life. In this book, it's not, it wasn't a law book. So it wasn't centered on lawyers. It was centered on people who work. And it also talked about stay-at-home moms and how people who are also not just stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home parents at all, people who are the stay-at-home parents also have this time crunch where they're just running, 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 and what can they do with their time? So throughout the book, it has many tips, but this was a little bit of a takeaway at the end. One thing that she said was, try to chunk your time. So if you need to work on something, just work on it. There's no such thing as multitasking. I've said it before. I'll say it again. In the past, I thought I was amazing at multitasking. I was not amazing at multitasking. I was amazing at making myself fried and flustered and spilling, usually spilling my coffee into my keyboard at work, which is something actually that I did this week. My, I, I can't tell you how many times I spilled my coffee into my keyboard. And it's because I'm on the phone trying to answer an email, also trying to drink the coffee and organizing papers on my desk. And that was something that I was doing this week. And I was talking to someone on the phone and I said, 
can I put you on hold? I've just spilled my coffee into my keyboard. And I yelled out to my staff. One of my staff members came running with paper towels. Did, did that set me behind? Hell yeah, it set me behind. Um, what would have been easier? Maybe if I would have just been holding on to my coffee, I think I could have probably held a cup of coffee and had a telephone conversation. That's sort of doing one thing. But when I add typing an email and trying to sort papers, that's the result. And it set me behind. And my keyboard is a little sticky now. <laughs> um, but it still seems to work. All right. So other tips from the book Overwhelmed is that make time to pause and think about what is important. I feel refreshed today because this is Sunday. It's Sunday about 1.30. And I slept in till 8.30, which is sleeping in for me. I got up and made some cinnamon rolls. And I know you're saying, hey, Florence, you said you don't bake. No, I don't. I bought the Cinnabon Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. And it takes about five minutes of prep and you put them in the oven. But at the end, um, they're very, this will be a little tip. If you like Cinnabon, I recommend getting the Pillsbury Cinnabon rolls. A big complaint I have about Cinnabon is a lot of times I feel that they just feel a little old when you get them. You know, kind of crunchy around the edges and like they've been in the case for a while. Um, and they're never convenient to eat. Like if you're at the mall or an airport, there's just this giant uh, big clump of dough and, you know, sticky. Hey, but when you're at home and you take them out of the oven nice and fresh. You can kind of control how much of the the frosting you put on it. You can eat it with a fork and knife. Hey, I recommend it greatly. So that's what I concentrated on on Sunday morning was just really, really thinking about the week. And I spent some time thinking about um, what my week going forward was going to do. I'm teaching a class on Tuesday, which is something new that I'm doing. I'm teaching these little hour workplace classes for a company, and I'm really into it. And so I got ready for my class on Tuesday um, by sitting there on Sunday morning with coffee and relaxing and still in my nightgown. And it was a good morning. It also made me feel, because it was the first day in forever where I didn't have to run up and run out the door immediately, I also felt like I wanted to do something where I was thinking, I could, you know, I could go out today because I had said, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing anything on Sunday. That was my, sort of my proclamation. And after getting some rest, I felt like, I really could get out. And I think I'm going to have lunch with my father-in-law and my sister-in-law in a little bit after I'm done with my podcast. Another tip from the book is carry a small notebook with you. This was a tip that I've given in prior episodes as well. I have a notebook in my bag at all times. At some point, if someone ever looks at these old notebooks and I usually toss them I'll I'll keep the notebook for uh, <laughs> until I fill up the next notebook just in case there's an old note in there 
that I end up needing and then I'll have the notebook. But if it, you know, if two months have gone by and you haven't looked at your old notebook, it's time to toss it. And maybe one day somebody will find one of these and look through it. They won't know what the hell I'm talking about in these notebooks because a lot of it is a stream of consciousness. It's random lists. Um, it's lists for organizing my personal life. It's lists for organizing business. It's lists for the weekend. Sometimes I think of a thought for a case and I jot it down where I think, hey, this is something that needs to be argued or this is something I need to supplement and I'll write it down. So if you were trying to read the book as a narrative, it would make no sense. Another tip that she has is Try to avoid decision fatigue, which is trying to make a decision before it becomes a crisis. The example in the book is if someone wants to go running in the morning, have your clothes ready the night before, your running clothes. So then when you get up, do you have to make a decision to go running? No, you put on your clothes, you go the end and things like that. Um, another thing is choose one thing like at work. If you're there and, and it is the, you have in front of you 20 different things that you are supposed to do. Choose one thing that is the most important, the most time sensitive. I'll tell you where it comes up for me a lot. A lot of it is here preparation for hearings. So if I have a hearing coming up and say it's a week or the next day or whatever the case may be, and I've obviously, as an attorney, you're not preparing for hearings the night before because there are different stages of hearing preparation until you get to that hearing. Um, For example, writing the pretrial statement that's done months before, sometimes weeks before. It just depends on what the deadlines are. So you're not looking at your calendar and going, I have trial tomorrow, I have to go from square one. But you can look at your calendar and you can say, I have trial tomorrow and I need to have the file sitting by the door. I need to put the flash drive for that case in my briefcase. The um, Maybe call the court and make sure that they have my exhibits if I haven't heard back from them. Things like that. And you go down your list one by one, was starting with the most important thing first. I talked about email last week. This was an email tip in the book. And this author stated, I try to check email and batches during the day if I'm not on a deadline or expecting something urgent and try to answer what I can immediately. I changed my settings, so now I have to manually download my email I am no longer at the mercy of some server hurling info turds into my inbox every few minutes. Still, email is very much a work in progress. I agree 100% with this. I don't have a manual download for my email. It's automatic, but I have Outlook. And so when I really need to not have the emails popping up in the lower right-hand corner showing me that new emails are coming in, I just shut down Outlook altogether, or I go work on a different computer or a different room, go into a different room and work on my laptop. And um, sometimes I'll, if I have time in the morning, my preference is to 
look in the morning immediately at emails and kind of do the quick overlook and go through things quickly and clean it up. And if there's emails that take a long period of time, I add that to my to-do list rather than trying to answer an email that might take more than five minutes. And then if I don't have time, I'm not going to look at email in the morning, except maybe to see if anything urgent popped up or if there's a minute entry from the court. Otherwise, I, I scan through the list, open the ones that look like they need to be opened immediately, leave the other ones for later. Okay, so that's the book Overwhelmed. I recommend it greatly. Um, a tip for something fun. I have been watching The Walking Dead since the very, very first show. I've watched it live. I didn't stream it at some point on Netflix. It seemed to be a show that I would be interested in. I've always liked zombies. And um, it's also a bit of a family drama or just a drama in general. It's about people trying to continue to survive. So it's a little bit more than just horror. You know, if you see a horror zombie movie and you're going to an hour and a half movie, it's really just going to be about people getting killed by zombies. But this is about people rebuilding communities and things like that. Um, I have some complaints about The Walking Dead over the seasons. I think that some storylines, they drag on too long. Some issues that could be resolved pretty quickly takes too many seasons or episodes and also in order to keep the suspense up sometimes people don't act in conformity with the way you would expect them to act Um, they've been surrounded by zombies for years they should know what it's like but then suddenly do something stupid and I get it you know people do something stupid all the time that's why there's car accidents and People fall and break their ankle or miss the last stair when they're walking. But um, it just seems to happen a a little bit more than usual in The Walking Dead to just keep that suspense up and to keep people getting killed by zombies when maybe there wouldn't be so much zombie death um, this late into the zombie apocalypse. So this season, there was a big... Um, oh, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. A big issue because really the person who, I guess, if you called anyone the main character, was leaving the show. It's Andrew Lincoln. He played Rick Grimes. He was in the first scene ever in The Walking Dead. He was in every important... Um every important storyline. He is a big part of trying to rebuild communities, all of that. But he wants to go back to England and live with his family. Andrew Lincoln does, not Rick Grimes. And so he was leaving the show. So there was a big lead up to him leaving. And I thought this season made it uninteresting in a way. There's a lot of talk in the show about rebuilding communities and there's too many bad guys who are bad for 
the sake of being bad to keep the drama going. And I suppose it's one of those things, anything's possible, these people could exist, but um, it just felt a little drawn out in it. And uh, there's been a lot of, and you know this, in real life, I mean, I think it would happen if there was some sort of apocalypse like this. And I was, you know, my brother's like, oh, it'd be, if there's a zombie apocalypse, this is what I would do and that sort of thing. And which I, I think is a kind of a fun conversation to have. But when you really think, and lots of people have it, and there's books even written about it, but there cannot be a zombie apocalypse. The dead cannot rise. Decaying flesh cannot regenerate and want to eat living flesh <laughs> it just doesn't scientifically exist so um and I'm sure there's people who would argue differently with me but it just seems not possible at all based on any kind of science however so a lot of the show is kind of rebuilding after the zombie apocalypse and like I said, there's things that they have to throw in to make things move along and to have more drama. In the show, there's a lot of stuff that they're always looking for. They're always like looking for food. They're always looking for clothes. They're always in like dirty clothes. They're always driving old cars. They're always looking for gasoline. Think about if most of the world died how much extra of everything there would be. And I understand years go by and there's going to be an issue with food, but probably a lot of produce is just going to grow wildly. So that gives a, a chance for you to eat food. Um, a lot of the canned stuff is going to last significantly um, longer than it may last in, in the show. You can go into any mall in the world and dress to your heart consent, content. I always say if there was a zombie apocalypse, I would be wearing uh, a gown, tons and tons of jewels, and driving um, a Porsche Cayenne just wildly through the empty streets. A show that did very well with showing how much stuff like that would be available to you was The Last Man on Earth. Um, which was canceled after last season. But it always had fun things people did where they would go live in a house in Malibu, you know, squat in a house in Malibu because the rest of the world was dead and, and had wore just crazy clothes and shoes and all this stuff. Drove great cars because all this stuff existed. So that's kind of the thing in The Walking Dead. They're always like searching for this. So they're trying to like rebuild society. And it, there's just been a little bit of boredom about it and I always call it um, doing walking dead paperwork because the characters are doing things like unrolling blueprints and staring at blueprints uh, talking to other people about planting tomatoes and looking at tomato seeds and all of this I'm sure would be necessary in this situation but for a tv show it's just a little bit boring, but I think there's going to be a change coming up. So it was Rick Grimes last episode. I'm not going to give any spoilers on how his last episode ended, but 
I thought it cast something, a little freshness to the show that it needed. And they showed the preview for the next episode. And it was a skip forward of, it's got to be six or seven years. And what the reason why I say six or seven years is that there is Rick's daughter, Judith. And in when Rick, during Rick's last episode, she was probably two or three. She's got to be seven, eight, nine in the preview. And um, they also, there was a hint of the zombies evolving, including maybe talking and doing behaviors that are much different than what the zombies used to do. Like they just kind of move in a herd and follow sounds. But these zombies seem to be thinking and having some strategy. All of a sudden, I became very interested in the show again. So I'm looking forward to tonight. Stay tuned. I'll tell you if it's worth it. It's a. I know I complained a lot about the show. To me, it, it really is a show worth watching. It is... Um, there's a lot of drama to it, a lot of suspense, uh, good storylines, um, beautifully shot. It, it's made me want to go to Atlanta. <laughs> Whenever I meet someone from Atlanta, I'm always like, so The Walking Dead's film there. Tell me what you know about it. And a lot of people from Atlanta know quite a bit about it. So thank you very much for listening. Remember, you can reach out to me on SoundCloud.com. You can get episodes on SoundCloud. You can get episodes on iTunes. There's a new episode uploaded every week as long as I'm recording them. You can send me a tweet at Florence Law. You can follow me on Instagram at Florence Legally Burnett. And you can find me on Facebook just under my name. And my email address is florence at brummerlaw.com. Feel free to send me an email and go to my website, brummerlaw.com. There's a contact page and you can reach out to me on that as well. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week, the weekend before Thanksgiving with a new episode. And I look forward to um, hearing from anyone who has any comments about the show or has any topics they'd like me to discuss or any questions. God bless and have a great week.